Good evening, all my dear listeners. And today we talk about... Hello, and welcome to another episode of Existential. Today we speak about how words attain their power and how words almost how they get their power from you know from the from the get-go uh this is a really interesting topic it's talked about you know it always seems to intrigue people you know because we use words i mean all day every day. i mean our work our life is is based on language um you know in, in ways that people don't even consider and uh, it's just it's such an interesting idea that affects us so often so where do words get their power? You know, we so we have to kind of start off and, and understand that all words in the beginning, all words are the same. There's no predilection to use one word over another, you know, beside for basic sight words like and, the, or, you know, or any other of the simple words that we're kind of forced to use to make coherent sentences. So other than that, other than that, it's, it's quite, uh, it, you know, no words have certain have certain emphasis right and we learn this in writing you know you learn this in in writing in the process of writing you 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 kind of take the role of an emotional engineer and the emotional engineer understands that each word has a different emphasis each word has a different has almost its own unique identity it has its almost uh, you know it has its each word has its own unique identity, its own energy that it gives off, its own energy it gives off when coupled with when coupled with a, with a different word, right? So each word has a certain emphasis, right? And as and you know, if you've ever written before, I mean, any written any you know at any level, you understand that, you know, in, in such a way, you are an emotional engineer. You are the you are almost the the beacon of uh, of creativity and innovation of an emotional innovation that you kind of put in in the reader's mind so moving on words get their power and notice this here's what happens. there's a very crucial difference i want i want to i want to really point out here there is a word crazy let's say we're going to use crazy as the example if i say something is crazy let's just look up the definition here we can we, we use the word crazy all the time. We use the word crazy all the time. People say, oh, you know, that was crazy. That's, you know, it's super crazy, whatever, right? Or it's crazy. We use it a lot. Now, here is a definition. Mentally deranged, especially as manifested in a wild or aggressive way. That's a really powerful word. That is a, I mean, you really look at it and you look at just the plain definition Without any context, you understand that it's a very, very powerful, powerful word. It is a powerful word. Uh, no, second definition, extremely enthusiastic. Right? I mean, these are, even though, the thing is, words get over, this is how, this is an example of getting, of words getting overused. Words get overused when they have highly broad and highly applicable definitions in every part of life. That's number one. Right? So, People say crazy all the time because there are a lot of a lot of life falls under the umbrella of crazy. And for you know, a lot of times people don't even say it out loud, but for you know, the phrase for lack of a better term, right? For lack of a better term, people use the word crazy. 
right? Either they don't they don't have the you know the vocabulary to think of something that can pinpoint the the actual experience or event or what's being targeted more precisely, and uh, and that's that's really where it is. So number one, it's overuse. But it's a crazy word. So where do words get their power? It almost seems like the, where words get their power from is how often they're used. But I don't think that's quite it, right? So in other words, currently where we stand is the words that are more used have less of a powerful definition. They've lost, they, they carry, here's another word called trite. Trite is an interesting idea. Trite means overused and consequentially of little import, lacking originality or freshness. So the word crazy has a lot of trite. The word awesome has a lot of trite. The word amazing has a lot of trite. They have all, it has very little import, very little effect. Now, what words have less trite? It seems as though the words that are less used. The less you use certain words, the more, the rarer they are, and the more, the more they wake up the listener or the reader when they're used, right? If I showed you a, if I showed you, let's say, here's a weird example, but if I showed you a, an iPhone, an iPhone 11, again and again and again and again, all right, all right, cool, whatever. I'll show you a different color, different gigabytes, different cellular reception, whatever, right? But let's say I, now I showed you the blueprint for the next iPhone, for the iPhone 12 or whatever, right? Let's say I showed you the blueprint for that. You're like, oh, wow, right? So it almost seems as though the the more used the word is, the more trite it surrounds the, the actual usage. Now, I don't believe this is, I don't believe this is entirely true. Even though it's partially true, I don't think we've hit a home run with this idea. Here is where words find their power. And this is a great trick to use in writing. This is an awesome trick to use in, uh, you know, when you give speeches. It's an awesome, just in, in you know, the simple colloquial, uh, just in simple colloquial context, conversational context. Hey, you know, it is an awesome idea. Words get their power, not from use or underuse, comma, but by social taboo. Let me explain that. Now, instead of, Instead of going with a different compass, with the first compass, overuse or underuse dictates a word's power, you go through a different, you go use a different compass. What is a taboo? Right? You say the word, you say the word crazy aloud, hmm, no one really cares. You say the word incest out loud in American culture, really, really, really will strike some eyes. That's going to really you know, bring a lot of ears. Hmm? What? Because it's a taboo, right? It's a taboo. And that's, that's really how, that's really the, the, the root of how language affects us. That is really the language that's, you know, when they say, you know, society, uh, how do we change society? How do we, this, you know, it's all in the way we, it's all in the way we talk. It's all in the way we, it, it's all, you know, in the phrases and it's true. And this is exactly why. Right, so a taboo, a social or religious custom prohibiting or forbidding discussion of a particular practice or forbidding association with a particular place, person, or thing. Now, uh, in other words, if you, again, if you say the word crazy, eh, doesn't carry much weight. Again, like trite, little impact. You say any taboo, 
of American culture, say, I don't know, incest, right? Immediately, immediately, everybody tunes in. Why? Because that carries weight. That carries weight. And this shows how different each cult, this, this shows, this is literally proof of how each culture carries a, a sort of a different, it carries different uh, social norms, right? How are social norms created? Through language, through taboo. Right, you go to other cultures, and you go to other, you know, crazy culture. <laughs> Ironically, I'm saying crazy. You go to other crazy cultures, and what do they have? They have, well, I mean, if, if incest is in a taboo, let's say divorce is a taboo. Let's say, uh, let's say, eating with your hands as opposed to utensil is a taboo. You know, whatever. That would garner the same attention as saying incest here, right? So, where do words get their power? From social use. Not from frequency, but social meaning. Social the the way the word relates to social meaning, the way the word um, the way the word is is taken, you know, w- with society citizens, and that's that's where it is. That's where we hit a home run. You know, a lot of people tend to think, oh, we use more words. You know, the more we use the words, the, the more uh, the less impact it has. Yes, it's true, but. That's ex- that could explain how words lose power. How do words gain power by having by relating to topics that are that are undiscussed by relating to topics that shouldn't be discussed? Why that matters? Well, that is you know that that is a mystery. That is a mystery in, in and of itself. Uh, you know that that everyone can kind of solve by themselves. You know why. You know why we have this need, or why we why we have this enjoyment in looking at, or kind of venturing out. You know, uh, everyone has their own kind of two cents on that, which is interesting. But that's really that's the power of it all, right? That is the power of it all. Words are so so important, and they dictate so much, right? People say, you know, and again, I just said, words dictate a society dictates the power of words. But is that really, really true? Who created words? You look at it again. Flip it once again. It's the it's society that created words. No, it's words that create society. That is the kicker, right? So we just to kind of backtrack again. We reviewed that words uh, words lose weight from uh, words lose impact with with uh, overuse, and words gain impact with uh, with frequency. And social behavior, social norms. When we cr- when we contrast the definition of the word by social norms, that's number two. That's how words gain use. Now, we asked simply how words uh, how words and society collide. Now we tried to say that words gain their power by uh, words gain their power or lose power by either their frequency in society or the way a word relates to social behavior, like incest, for example. Is uh, it has a lot of taboo and therefore carries a lot of weight. People understand you get serious when you set when you cite social taboos. Now, does society is society formed from words or are words formed from society? A key difference in social reconstruction or social construction, right? It, it, that is a key and imperative, imperative, imperative and vital idea. It is a vital idea. 
society is created by words or using certain language, right, that reflects social behavior. But it's an interesting cycle. It starts off with words, right? People talk. I'm sorry, it starts off with social behavior. Social behavior, you know, we act a certain way and we, we really don't act, this, you know, and there are ways we really don't act. You know, there's incest, which people, you know, don't, people shy away from 100%. That's not part of me. But then people get married and that's not a taboo at all, right? That's, you know, that's something else. That's something that's very common. So that dic- that immediately dictates or that immediately presses presses a word uh, into a taboo, gives more weight and it almost hev- heavies a word and makes one word light. Because, again... That's that's just the nature of words. Then, because of the then because of social practices, words gain certain power, and when words gain certain power and certain loose power, they dictate the the practices of society. Now, when the when it, you know, it, I mean, it's literally just a game. It is literally a game. It is a game. It is a heavy game, and not to really, you know, not to really a very impactful game, but not to really, you know branch out too much but this is the way this is truly the way media has control we say oh media has control because of what they show us but it's how they show us right that's when you go a step further and how does media manipulate or change us it is how they show us not how not you know what they show us right that's that's really the idea is who's in control of language who's in control of journalism you know, people think journalism, they think of some, you know, some young kind of lanky looking reporter kind of sitting, you know, in front of, in, uh, in, in front of the president with a microphone, just, oh, you know, Mr. President, blah, 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 right? But the truth is that, that I mean, that's the image that comes to mind. But the fact of the matter is that the, is that journalism is significantly, significantly more powerful, significantly more powerful because all, all because they control language. They control language use. They can. They control language circulation, word circulation, phrase circulation. They control it, right? How how do you get so many people talking? Is literally you, you have to bring something up. Like how do you get a group started to talk? You bring up a topic. You say uh, war, you know, and a bunch of people start having conversation, right? But you start saying war. It was affected this way, and was that you start training people to think differently, and the actual narrative of people's conversations change. So that's why you know journalism is in a perfect place to do that. We're going to broaden the tree a little bit more. Now, that's how technology affects us. You know, you think it's confined by by just you think it's confined by by just journalism? No, it's people are now more 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 than ever exposed to media more than ever exposed to more more than really more than ever exposed to the to media and the way people talk right people are consuming media all day long and that if you're you know people consuming media all day long and if you're not you're constantly interacting with the language once again that is the real prison it is the true real prison that's what it is it is the true, real prison. So media consumption goes from watching Netflix and watching the emotional dialogue and watching how the script writers um, create certain narratives and create and create and bundle certain words together, right? 
then it goes from reading the news, then to go, you know, to seeing or reading things on Twitter, and it just it, people think it has very little import. All these different ideas, but the fact of the matter is that it does. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool, um, and that's and again that goes from the macro level of of big media companies to to you know a smaller scale level. Like, you know, like perhaps yourself, you know, who, who writes emails, you know, you write emails all the time. People understand uh, people. Are, and the thing is, the English language is so malleable, so malleable. The thing is, like, you know, every culture has every culture has their type of manipulator. Every country has every race. I'm sorry, has their type of their own manipulator. You know, in Middle East, you have the charm. In middle in the Middle East, you know, if you ever met, you know, any Middle Eastern, of course, nothing racist, uh, you know, obviously, but simply there is the kind of there is a manipulative charm. It's the charm. It's the physical charm. It's the way. It's the move. It's the body movement, body language that that manipulates you. You look at uh, you look at any other culture. It could be it could whatever it is. It, sed- it seduces you into doing certain things, right? But you look at America. What is America? It's not, we're not exactly physically charming. We're lingually charming. We're lingually manipulative. Uh, manipulative. We can change and we can, we can almost mix up our language in so many ways. We can mix up our words in so many fashions in a way where we can get what we want through. You know, there's so many ways of saying things that are impolite. You know, of course, language saves us so many times, right? When we just simply rephrase things, rephrase an email, rephrase an invitation, you know, black tie event only, as opposed to, you know, wear a formal suit. I mean, it's just, that's just a, a, you know, small scale example, but this goes on and on and on and on, right? And that's really where words get their power from. That's almost how it's used in, that's pretty much how it's used in, in society. And again, this is just a thought. Please, I I legitimately encourage everybody to please leave a uh, you know leave an email, send me a question, a comment, an episode suggestion, whatever it is at podcast.existential at gmail.com. Once again, podcast.existential at gmail.com. The email is in the description, and I want to thank you all for joining me, and please tune in for new episodes of Existential.